0: Sanford. This is Mark Malno with the Henry George Program. This is a show about economics, the housing scene, and more. Today, we are heading down to San Jose. And let's we'll just do that now. See, so, yeah, this is the first time we're on location. We're on location in San Jose. I am uh, joined again by Aisin. Uh, Heyo. <laughs> so, we are in San Jose. We're talking about San Jose. Uh, so... We're in San Jose. Well what's what what's it like to be in San Jose today?
1: Um it's sunny as hell. Um it's perfect weather as it basically always is. Uh the sharks lost last week, um uh, actually a week and a half ago. So there has been, you know, some uh much mourning uh happening. But yeah, I mean it's a regular old Saturday and, you know, the largest city in the bay. Yeah, this I mean this this the city I've never seen so many people uh is as big a
0: hockey town as is this.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um so you obviously don't think of California cities as being uh, hockey cities, but uh it was San Jose's only team for so long. Like they have the Earthquakes now and then there are a couple of there's a minor league team and
0: San Jose Giants don't don't denigrate the, the Giants. Hey, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry
1: What up San Jose Giants? Uh but you know, it was the only team for so long that people just like decided to uh, uh, become like the m- craziest West Coast uh, hockey fans. Like um, I mean, it's basically people like bleed teal and black. It's like the it's a Sharks' colors. Um, yeah, it's yeah. kind
0: of weird. San Jose is is it the <laughs> second or third biggest California city by residences.
1: Third. Uh yeah. Los Angeles. Um, it's ahead of San SF. Diego. Yeah, okay. and then San Jose. Yeah. yeah, we just made some some national news recently where uh, you know a burnt-out husk of a house uh, sold for, I think, it, it was like over a million dollars. And people were like, what? I was like, it's oh, yeah, that's a pretty good price. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> pretty Jose, good price for some land. <laughs> San, San Jose has always been Silicon Valley adjacent. Now it
0: kind of is Silicon hey, Valley. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I feel like
1: there are a lot. Uh, and, you know, as a San Jose resident, I feel like I have to push back on this because the city calls itself the capital of silicon valley it's on everything all of the city documents all of the planning the first sentence i mean basically all san jose docs begin with basically three things yeah we're the 10th largest city in the in the country yeah we're the biggest city in the bay area and we're the capital of Silicon Valley. Yeah, <laughs> that's like basically, you know, you can't get through, uh, you can't get through a conversation with a San Jose booster without like those three things coming out real fast.
0: Well, well, as we're <clears> seeing <throat> with with the real estate being sold out. Yeah, I mean, that's it was. So you're paying nine thousand, and it's and so. After you pay for the teardown, mm-hmm. it's you're you're paying for the land.
1: Well, it's a great deal. I mean, okay, so I know I, I keep saying that like, yeah. like, I know it sounds maybe I'm being like ironic or like facetious or whatever, but no, like it's a, actually a great deal. It's in the middle of this, um, you know, former town that was in, uh, annexed. We're gonna get into the you yeah. know, San Jose's annexation sort of drunkenness in the '50s, but uh, called Willow Glen. Uh, that's been able to sort of like keep its itself a little bit separate from 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 the rest of the city and is this like crazy rich um Insanely exclusive neighborhood in San Jose, and you know it's very hard to find a house in that in that neighborhood because people don't sell. Is it the so, Beverly
0: Hills of San Jose? I mean, basically, city, yeah, you
1: know? basically. Except it, it is part of the city. Yeah, you know, Beverly. And I can't remember if Beverly. I think Beverly. Beverly Hills, Hills is, a, is independent. Yeah, it's an actual city. So like Willow Glen, I guess wasn't able to to stay independent. Um, yeah, but when you go to the Willow Glen, it doesn't look like Beverly Hills, right? Like mm. the houses. You know, there are some large estate type houses. But those are more in Rose Garden, uh, which is this other super crazy exclusive neighborhood. But, like, Rose Garden is old, like, you know, old timber money and, you know, old, you know, farmland money. Willow Glen is more like, you know, you know, I'm the senior executive of, you know, development and marketing or whatever at Cisco, you know. Um, So the houses sell for like two, two and a half million, right? So if you buy the Teardown for a million bucks. You clear it and you buy, you know, you build some, you know, Mac mansion on top of it. Yeah. Comes out to the same as if you bought it. I'm sure the people who buy it aren't aren't
0: complete idiots. They, they know what they're know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, San Jose. So it, it is in the you know the Bay Area is is an important region and and doing well economically. San Jose is where people live. It's it's a weird city. It's mm-hmm. one of the few bedroom big, community. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of the few big big cities that has more res, you know more people living there than jobs, which. He's... yeah okay so can we talk about that for a well, little I mean, bit i think we can't help you but talk about it. it's really at the heart of everything here
1: well so this is one of those things where i'm um, I, I i never know whether or not people are using this stat for political purposes or whether or not they actually believe that this is a problem right everything's a political purpose <laughs> i know right <laughs> um but so this, you're talking about the the jobs to employee resident ratio right yeah um so you know uh, basically obviously it means that you know everyone leaves town in order to go find a job and then come back home and, and and to sleep in in san jose but i think i i think it's a really bad way to look at the actual travel and job patterns in your region or your area um so for example there was a presentation that was given recently by folks at the city um about the fact that you know um san jose's uh, uh G- i'm just gonna call it the JER ratio um the JER ratio was worse than even you know Detroit. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I know what Detroit's jobs to ratio um, dynamic is like. It means that you get a lot of suburbanites, uh, mostly white, who, you know, drive into town and then work in this, like, you know, at the mortgage company and at the auto company and whatever. And then at the end of the night, they leave. And then you get a lot of Detroiters who then go to the suburbs to go work in the shopping malls. And in you know the service jobs about in the suburbs, and so yeah, it looks like there are more jobs than there are uh, residents in Detroit, but that's not actually not, not all jobs not for Detroiters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not for Detroiters, right? And so you know, especially when you're thinking about like the kind of development that San Jose wants to attract, are those jobs for San Joseans? And is are you actually achieving the goal that you're trying to get, which is to have more internal? Uh, 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 jobs for your residents, right? Yeah, I mean, every every city has a bunch of different
0: goals to achieve. It's not like you want to, you know, I mean, a lot of people are just saying we need to have less jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, obviously on its face, it's not a good scalable solution. But there is a major problem in mm-hmm. that throughout the Bay Area, there is not enough housing certainly not at affordable levels for people to and to have you know,
1: and absolutely in the way the the way, the way the jobs are growing right um you know either at the super high end or like more low-wage service jobs you know the housing development current uh, system is not going to be able to address that right so like are we look what other solutions are we are we looking at so there was this you know there's huge news about the why was it? the mayor of palo alto who came out and said you know maybe not every job needs to come to palo alto and you know he got a he, he got a lot of crap for that um but there's some sense in which he's right not because um the jobs shouldn't come to palo alto but because if the jobs do come to palo Alto. It just puts further uh, pressure on the housing stock and housing market in that city. Now, a reasonable city, a normal place, a place that wasn't, you know, seemingly dead set on committing, you know, generational suicide, um, would just build enough housing to house, you know, the jobs that it keeps approving. But, you know, we also live in this world and not another and since we know that Palo Alto won't build the housing, are we essentially setting up a situation in which uh, we're helping to sort of drive the gentrification of well, Palo Alto is not exactly a place that is gentrified, but of East Palo Alto or <laughs> of West uh, Menlo Park. So,
0: yeah. So I mean, a lot, a lot of numbers I'm looking at are pulled from a, a, a spur document from uh, May 2016 called "Back in the Black: A Fiscal Strategy for Investing in San Jose's Future." So one of, the, one of the things that throws out in here, and I would like to know more about like, you know, where they came up with all the different factors that goes into this. The employment land in San Jose, which is 15% of the land, is basically a, a net plus to the fiscal picture of San Jose, $124 million a year. Mm-hmm. The, the residential land is 57% of San Jose and has a net uh, basically liability of $110 million a year. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout the Bay Area, you see that with, we need housing, but housing is bad news for running a city budget, mm-hmm. and we perhaps have too many jobs in some sense, but jobs are a net plus, and when we have this, how are we ever going to make things work if people are basically, every town is saying, hey, we need less housing and more jobs, mm-hmm. when it, when I think in aggregate, that's insane.
1: Can I can I give a little bit like context a little bit about um you know so yeah obviously we, we we gave some 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 quick top lines about San Jose a little bit earlier uh but I think it's really important to understand like the history of San Jose in order to be able to sort of like look at its current fiscal picture right um you know San Jose basically is like one of the first cities in in California an original mission city um it uh, it basically kind of grew it was the capital of california for like 2 seconds before it moved to to sacramento there was like some a flood or something and so people ended up moving further inland um and it it grew mostly as like an agricultural community right there were you know orchards and you know fruits grown basically everywhere they called it the valley of hearts delight right um and at some point um the Agricultural industry moved in, uh, the canaries uh, mostly, but in general, like fruit packing, that well, sort of thing. Well, about what time was this? Uh, in the 20s, 30s, 40s. Okay. Uh, and then it, like, it, they kept going, though. I think the last canary probably closed in like the late 70s, maybe. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, and they, the population that those kinds of industries kind of um, attracted were mostly a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, uh landhold farmers from the from the eastern states, um, uh, but also like a lot of like um agricultural workers, mostly Latin American. And then in the in the seventies, um, post post Vietnam, um, it attracted or it was one of the main relocation centers for uh Vietnamese refugees um from the fall of Saigon. So the cities to this day basically turned into like this huge massive multicultural community um that is mostly like you know white asian and hispanic but maybe the the biggest reason why we're the fiscal situation that San Jose has um started around um the the the, the post war right it was a mid-sized large city up until the war after the war <clears throat> it decided to become one of those like classic California boomtowns, right? You know, Lakewood, California, uh, Walnut Creek—just classic like tract housing. You know, it's you a good get, r- good
0: recipe for it. You you, right? get, you get stuff that's underused for any people. Mm-hmm. You just buy it up, lay down tract housing, and you can basically turn turn like a basically uh increase your population turn
1: good money in the short term yeah and like and also there were you know the war created a couple of a, a couple of huge industries there was you know a military base there was a nasa center um and then there was you know stanford university spitting out um uh spitting out college graduates who then went on you know david packard and and uh, William Hewlett decided to get together and start the first, like, uh, 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 chip business, um, which is where we got the name, obviously, like Silicon Valley. Um, (laughs) This turned San Jose into a place where people wanted to live. Yeah, so the city manager around that time, uh, Dutch Heyman, decided that, you know, um, at the time, you could raise taxes basically as as you wanted, right? And so for him, he thought that, the strategy should be that San Jose should grow, should grow as much and as fast as possible. And so it started globbing up its uh, its uh, neighbor cities, right? Uh, the, the mostly unincorporated communities um, through both like, you know, water, uh, um, you know, what's the blackmail essentially, um, and other ways to and, you know, political influence in Sacramento to try to glob on every potential little city around San Jose. You know, a famous quote uh, about how, you know, some people say that San Jose could one day be bigger than Los Angeles. At the time it was the disparity wasn't as, as large. And uh and uh, he, he said I, I, you know I want to do everything I can to make that a reality. Right? So well, what what is it in their interest to have
0: all these you know, let's not have a smaller city next to us, Mm -hmm. let's get them inside of us. Like what 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 do you gain when it happens? It was residents.
1: Residents who could pay taxes.
0: So it's just the fact that, that you can you can get money from them, it's just better to have them working yeah. for you rather than doing stuff in this other And tab. I mean,
1: my assumption, too, I think they were thinking, like, this is a great way f- to become a more powerful city as well, right? You yeah. know, the bigger you are, obviously, the more political representation you have, the more sort of money you can get from the state government, the federal government. But, you know, as a pure, raw strategy, you know, being a big city is better than being a small city at the time. Yeah. At the time it was, right? Yeah. And then 1978
0: happens. <laughs> yeah, I have some numbers here just to roll down. This is the n- new housing in San Jose f- from the 60s on. 1960s, they added uh, a quarter of a million units. Mm-hmm. In the 70s, 170 thousand units, a little bit less. 80s, 150 thousand unit units. Uh, 90s, 112 thousand, and then in the 2000s, they had 50 thousand units. Mm-hmm. So just, I mean, they. Went you know down by a factor of five from mm-hmm. the sixties to the to the aughts. That's, yeah. I mean that's
1: pretty crazy. Oh, well, absolutely! Like uh, you know, when Prop thirteen passed, all of a sudden the strategy that San Jose had was going to destroy the city. Right, yeah. um, every tr- little subdivision and development track that they approved was m- losing them money. Yeah, and like it was always not great for your city finances, but. It got worse as more and more austerity measures, um, uh, tax uh, 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 tax caps, were passed over over time. Um, so, yeah, we can get into that. That, that just brings us up to today, yeah. essentially. So to get into the idea of
0: how it loses you money, I huh? guess some of the big things are... You know, property tax, you get taxed on, you know, what your house is assessed at, at a certain rate, and Prop 13 limited that. I guess, talk about liabilities, Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is is roads in a a place like that, right?
1: Um, To to some extent. Well, I guess in in services. In services, yes. Roads. (laughs) Um, Services matter a little bit, too, yeah. Yeah, services matter a little bit. But actually, so, roads roads is one of those services that costs you a lot of money um, in capital costs, right? um you just like you have to borrow a bunch of money you know, a lot of times but as far as service the pure service cost it it matters but it's just a little bit on the on the smaller side the the stuff that really costs you money is the fact that even though you don't have to actually send an ambulance there every day the fact that you have to be able to send an ambulance there yeah within a certain period of time is what's going to cost you money like yeah. not that they need cops every day but the fact that they could call the cops and the cops would have to show up is what it costs you money right because it's these like uh it's these like services that you have to provide even no matter what right like even if uh even if this uh development you know essentially uh decided to pave its own roads it would still cost you crazy amounts of money uh the water uh the water is a huge issue um because it takes so much more money to maintain it's such, such an extensive like um uh, uh, water system um, but yeah the biggest sort of costs are definitely like the um, the human services yeah I mean I,
0: I don't I don't claim to be you know a fiscal wizard <laughs> wizard of, of, of knowing how everything comes together but I, I guess I hear people talking about how a lot of times suburbs are they make a lot of sense for like a one-off thing but mm-hmm. it's hard to basically pay for not only the cost it keeps to upkeep them but also the ri- the recurring cost to maintain them. And they Mm -hmm. say a lot of suburbs are never really built to the fact that you'll ever be able to replace the pipes you put in the roads. Mm -hmm. You never replace the roads. You never... I mean, it's once you do it once, you basically sold off all the value to the the residents there. Mm -hmm. And then if you literally... Are are barred from taxing them at the level you need to pay for to replace everything. How are you going to pay for the infrastructure?
1: I mean, what happens is that you do the bare minimum, yeah, and that's what happens in San Jose. Um, you know, like I, I I like San Jose, so like in you know in the Bay Area, especially in the in the South Bay, there's a lot of like San Jose, you know, whatever hate or, and stuff. But the truth is, like sometimes you drive around. And you're you're driving down a street in Willow Glen, for example, in freaking Willow Glen, you drive a street and there'll be like potholes and there'll be like, you know, unpaved areas. And, and you're thinking to yourself, maybe if they not even if they raise their taxes, just a, even a tiny amount on these on these properties, you could like take care of all of this. Yeah. But all of the money is in the land under all the houses around yeah. And they can't tax it. And so instead they have to try, I mean, the, you know, the, the report that you mentioned talks about it, but if you read the city of San Jose's budget, it's just like every little tiny potential, you know, grab, grab tastic of like how, where, how, where can we get cash? Right. Yeah. Um, but the biggest, the place where that should be, you know, um, the biggest portion of the budget is only a quarter. Yeah. Right. Um, it only gets a quarter of its budget from property taxes. So.
0: Yeah. So I think it was like two hundred and fifty-five million. This is in a recent year, mm-hmm. according to this document. Sales tax is one hundred ninety million. And if you talk to like a lot of econo- you know, economists, they say sales taxes are regressive. Aggressive. Yeah. It's like you really shouldn't depend mm-hmm. on sales taxes. And wow, it's almost as much as property taxes. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk about where the money goes around here, I mean, it's even now.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, the last budget, the one that just I think they're thinking about adopting for this for this cycle, it's even.
0: So within three years, it's caught up completely. Mm-hmm. And and really
1: based upon unless because, they re- reform stuff, because sales taxes aren't capped, right? Yeah. So the sales taxes will go up. You know, I think recently they've been, you know, they've been pretty good, right? Where it's good, it's been good times, right? Yeah. So the sales taxes aren't capped, but the property taxes are capped, and so. <laughs> If you just think about it as like a couple of lines with rates of increase, it's you know, yeah yeah,
0: so i- guess, I guess you talk about like what people love and hate about San Jose, and I think it's something which I think is it it's attractive mm-hmm. if you're willing to i mean if if all things are also equal, it's attractive, it is kind of a cruising low density suburban town it's mm-hmm. it's laid back, I guess the question is can is this a feasible way to run a city of this size and everything but it is something that people treasure and it's very hard to kind of change the character of san jose in this yeah way. i mean absolutely and,
1: and you know the city is working on trying to find ways to densify around the main transportation corridors right uh it's got this whole urban village plan it's got this whole plan development area zones right it's got these whole like um you know in uh, communities where they're going to be more transit oriented, right transit oriented villages um and and that's true, but that's gonna be in maybe twenty percent of the city, you know, like the rest of the city is going to stay the way it is basically un- until like maybe the city of San Jose decides that instead of instead of keeping Almaden Valley, it allows Almaden Valley to leave, yeah, yeah,
0: so. And I guess, okay, so one more wrinkle, because there's there's a million Mm -hmm. different things going on here, is when Prop 13 went in, they also allowed for revenue sharing between all the different, basically, cities within the county, Mm -hmm. which uh, was, I think, uh, formalized the next year. and It's called AB8. Mm -hmm. And in this, it it basically weighs how much every city gets based upon what the residents were before Prop 13, which, in my mind, it seems like something like a suicide pact Mm -hmm. in that if you grow... We're not going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If you grow, you're still going to get the same allowance you got before. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to
1: make sure no one grows. And yeah. we've seen
0: that kind of happen.
1: Uh, okay. And so one of the issues is that, you know, all of our like neighbor cities uh, don't grow. I <laughs> they, mean, they, they grow in some ways, uh, but I mean, they, they g- certainly don't allow housing. I mean, they grow um, at rates that don't quite match, not just their job growth, but even natural, like, I'm talking about just pure, like, American population growth, I just mean, growth in general, we grew a
0: big spaceship over in Cupertino, but, yeah, yeah, right, right, that doesn't help,
1: yeah, um, but in, in San Jose, they, I mean, the city population has been growing, right, like, it's, you know, it's 10th largest city now, but, you know, I don't know what it was even a few, a few decades ago, um, and it's it's actually been the worst for it. I mean, according to the city of San Jose, like, every budget document you read is, you know, I mean, they're going to say, like, they're not going to say, you know, we wish all these people would leave, you know, but what they say is, you know, we have to figure out a way to have, like, a balanced fiscal strategy in which we are protecting our employment lands and in which we're, you know, making sure we're growing in a sustainable manner. And what they mean is. You know more mid-rise and more high-rise uh, housing development because that actually isn't that positive for the for for um, uh, for the budget. Here's a here's here's something that like a lot of people you want to hear a lot of people talk about, which is that you know how I, I just I just mentioned the thing about the human services being basically like the biggest re- one of the biggest costs, right? Part of the thing about the human services is that the cost. Um, I can, uh, it's dependent on the populations, right? So you get an older population, you know, that's, you know, it's got medical issues, um, and you're gonna get a lot more ambulance calls, and you get a lot more, you know, ER issues or whatever. You get a poorer population, you gotta spend a lot more money on social services. You get a, you know, a, a community that's experiencing um, issues with crime. You get a lot more costs for police, so on and so on, right? With high-rise and more mid-rise and more compact development, especially if it's all market rate, you get a younger population. You get a population that's wealthier. You get a population that doesn't really rely on social services really at all. Um, and then on top of that, most of the time, like, let's face it, they just probably won't need that much as far as like fire services, as far as, as um, um, police services. And so you end up with a winner yeah fiscally you know it's not as good as like you know a car wash i'm kidding <laughs> but like it's not as good as like getting yourself a small little you know like a, 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 a car dealership yeah no, that's good stuff yeah, <laughs> that's, some, that's some good stuff I, more,
0: more numbers <laughs> here so it says like if you're building condos apartments fifty thousand dollars to the city an acre mm-hmm. uh per year uh Big box realtors, ninety six thousand a year uh, per acre, and auto auto dealers, which seem like a huge waste of space. Like God, they just parking lots full of cars, mm-hmm. eighty thousand per. Uh, it's good per stuff, acre, man. Right? I'm
1: telling you. Yeah, you, know, you get yourself some car dealerships. You, like you're, you know, you're, you're. That's a couple. That's a couple of jobs. You know.
0: <laughs> so and I guess that's the thing. Like you, I mean, like, big picture, it's it's like okay, we need more housing. Let's do it. And and we have but we're not going to do it. Yeah, I mean we have we have I guess you could say things that are just natural laws of how much people want to buy cars, but then also man-made laws about how we do everything, say, mm-hmm. oh, it's like actually, oh, I'm sorry, we'd love to do housing, but we're
1: going to put car dealerships instead. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like the, the 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 thing about San Jose is that San Jose is not ever you will never find a document that's produced by anyone uh in the city that says we don't want to put housing here. Right. Yeah. What they'll say is, you know, we are trying to maintain our, you know, job base. What, What they'll say is we're trying to make sure that we're still an attractive place for economic development. Sure. Right. But what that means practically is that you're going to have a situation in which. All of the housing has to be concentrated in these areas. And that's part of the plan, obviously, right? We're trying to make sure that the housing stays concentrated in certain areas. But all of the housing that you're then creating, of course, has to be a fiscal winner, right? I mean, almost by definition, the housing that you're going to be putting in are not going to be... These like you know, I mean, we don't want them to be right. We don't want like more single-family houses that are sitting on an acre lot and as like you know, uh, uh, two lawns that have to be watered constantly, right? Yeah, we don't want that. The problem is, this is this is one of my like things that I say like way too much, but like we live in this world and like not another, and because because of that, your good, really smart planning practices are just going to lead to. The only new people in the city are the people who can afford the market rate housing, period. That's it, right? And so even though you have, like, policies that are trying to address that, there are all these other competing pressures that actually mean that you're not actually getting those housing units that you're talking about, these affordable housing units that could actually diversify these, like new developments or these new areas
0: so so is that a thing of of saying we should be smarter about where we're in this world or say we should put more energy into getting into a new world where things will make more sense
1: i think i think what it means is that you have to understand not just the planning policy i think you have to understand also the environment and demographics and world that your planning policy is going to be going into right so, and so this is this is this is a thing I you know Lisa uh, Swizer sure. Schreiter from from yeah. from uh, is it USC I think she is it USC or UC? I anyway. forget what school yeah. yeah but like she she wrote this thing um, about that one legislation that caused a lot of ruckus recently yeah uh, which I like you know I always think about which is that like it, anytime you make policy outside of like the realities of the world you're gonna end up with these like externalities that you just have not truly truly plan for right and so this is one of those things where of course we want like who doesn't want more of the housing that's built in san jose to be like dense yeah along transit corridors along you know the main thoroughfares of the city to where we can have like a less you know low-lying you know spread out uh sprawled out place right it's gonna be great But if every single one of the people who move in there have to make $130,000 a year, who does that help? I I have a soft space in that uh, same article that she wrote,
0: uh, Professor Lisa Schweitz. Wait, sir I, mm-hmm. I, I, if you understand, if you want to understand the California housing economics here, uh, the book was written 140 years ago by Henry George. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's always going to get a plug on that. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in I a, mean, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I and I guess, I mean, that's the, you know, we we want to have a certain thing, and a lot of people, I guess, are hesitant to kind of look at wonkish, you know, kind of you know, people say, oh, let's look at the nuts and bolts. And a lot of people are saying, like, no, it's like. You talk about fiscalization of zoning, saying, mm-hmm. you know, we are deciding how much residences, how much, you know, zoning we have based upon how much money gets a city. And people say, I don't think cities do that. And I was talking to someone else. This is like, OK, so, you know, if you have the split role in Prop 13. Uh, which isn't happening on the ballot this year but mm-hmm. it might happen in two years it's actually going to make fiscalization worse that's in, what some people say well i mean that, there's a good argument to say that mm-hmm. um, and i'm mean, i'd be curious again i mean it's not what yeah, we're talking here yeah, we can here. have this argument about uh, it. <laughs> but i mean the 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 response i got which i think is i think a bit alarming is saying well because cities will have so much more money they won't really care about things like fiscalization because they'll be so loaded which i think is which i think is just a little bit optimistic to hope oh if someone's rich enough then they'll become kinder <laughs> which is kind of what yeah, this sounds like. yeah you know
1: i mean i i, I still think that um, you know fiscalization of land use is still going to happen as not as if like the cities are going to be like well we've got enough money now yeah we're good to go <laughs> you know like they're still going to be looking for you know your your big box store development uh, for sure right but the thing is, like cities are dramatically underfunded now, yeah. right? And so if the idea is, oh, I don't want to make the fiscalization of land use worse than it is now, while the cities are broke now, yeah. you're, it's going to be really difficult. Difficult to make that argument, mostly because what you're saying essentially is that I'd rather they be broke rather than <laughs> they continue in the path that they already are in, right? No,
0: and I always hate to make the you know the perfect enemy the good. I mean, yeah. I think that things are so crazy now that you know if you maintain the status quo, it's it's just morally indefensible, or it's just kind yeah. of it's it's a it's an, it's an outrage to, to just common sense. No, I mean,
1: absolutely. I, like you should you should I I recommend. Okay, that's not true because, like, no one wants to do this. But you should watch council meetings around budget time because – I'm way ahead of you. I'm, <laughs> yeah? I'm front row center. <laughs> okay. Because that's that stuff will break your heart. Like, yeah. it will absolutely break your heart because you'll look at the budget, right, and then they're saying – they're telling you essentially, well, we can't fix the roads there you know and you know you'll be in you'll be in the richest cities and basically like in the country and they'll talk they'll be talking about how oh well well you know we can't open up that that community center yet because you know we, we just don't have the money this year you know yeah it's like you're like uh in the first act of uh christmas carol or something you know where it's like oh i don't know i don't know uh, if we're gonna make you know be able to have a turkey this year yeah you know and it's just like how is this possible well, I, I How get, am I in the city?
0: I mean, it's one thing if, if I think it's really, really, really heartbreaking there's just no answer. If you go to a place which is just like a legitimately uh, wreck a city like Martins Ferry, Ohio, and, mm-hmm. and say, oh, we don't have the budget to pay for government services, it's like, wow, I don't know what answer it has here in the Bay Area. There is so much money, which I think just makes it so crazy that we mm-hmm. are in deep austerity measures where mm-hmm. we can't pay for service workers, we're struggling with pension obligations and basically making sure we're never going to have that kind of pension obligations for the future again mm-hmm. and i mean and there's a and, and the thing is, boy, the economy couldn't be much you know more <laughs> rare in the More is, better. Right? Yeah. yeah
1: so i mean this is this is this is this is um kind of like the source of what I like to think is my life's work. Um, I mean, other than 100% land value taxation, obviously, but what I believe is my life's work, right? Uh, in, In some ways, which is that, you know, austerity politics, right, or austerity measures, have second order effects, or second, third, fourth order effects. It doesn't just cut you know cut taxes and it doesn't just like cut your services and your budget it changes the way people think about how the world should be and what they deserve and and like what they should be expecting from communal investments right and it also changes the way in which they deal uh, with each other in just these really odd ways right and it turns it into like austerity actually I think changes like human relationships in, in a lot of ways right and I'll
0: It's like you have your fireman comes by and you, you, know, you, cease, you cease to see him just like, oh, in case a fire comes out, you see a price tag on their head. And right, in and your
1: and you head. Or or even 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 worse, you start, you know, it gets into a tragedy of commons problem, right? Where you get into this, a situation in which, well, you know, if no one else is paying, why should I, right? Where if no one else is trying to fix the city or, and if no one else is providing services, you know, I think it, it creates this sense of, you know, disassociation alienation right yeah. from from what should be a civic purpose right um, austerity because of the way in which it taxes creates way it creates a disassociation from civic life right uh so it's kinda of like a bank run, like <laughs> it's wonderful life or something. When everything's doing, you know,
0: great, it's like, Oh yeah, w- my my money's in, in their house. Everything's working. We're all mm-hmm. and as soon as you feel like, Oh, we have to cut measures like you have to okay. Everybody get,
1: everybody shows up and better get mine and get, ask, mine get and out and out and to George Bailey for the money back, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't have the money. <laughs> It's in your house, in your house um but yeah no it's 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 crazy, so like it's absolutely crazy that people are so rich, and then the city is so poor, but it's not crazy it's yeah. not it's there it's it's not some mystery right yeah. the one of the elected officials um uh, uh out here in the south bay likes i mean it's a he he likes he likes to say uh um uh, obliquely you know as if he's you know this is some wisdom down from the ancients or, ancients or something likes to say you know it's such a paradox that we're in here you know while we're living in a time of you know uh uh, uh unprecedented unprecedented wealth yeah. you know we're still having to deal with these you know budget and and uh and the expenditure issues you know so you know we just have to continue to you know be be uh 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 prudent and and uh and uh you know what's the what's the and safe yeah uh, you know to make sure that we don't get into fiscal crises you know yeah and it's always that that there's always that like risk of capital strike you know yeah and it's just it's con it's always hovering it's like so what if you what like what if you run a deficit who cares yeah. right it's like oh well, you'd borrow money, okay, so then you'd borrow money. Okay, then what would happen? Well, you'd have to pay it back. Okay, well, then how would you pay it back? Okay, well, wouldn't you just tax your residents or your businesses or, you know, the money that's around? Well, you can't do that. Okay, well, so if you can't pay it back, so what happens? Then your credit rating goes down, or your your bond rating goes down. Okay, so then you can't borrow money anymore. Why do you need to borrow so much money all the time, anyway? Sure, in the first place. Oh well, because we don't have enough revenue in the first place. Yeah. It's just like this, you know what I mean? Like, and there's always this sense that like one day, like Wall Street could cut off the, you know, like cut you off, you know? Yeah. So, I
0: mean, I guess like you talk about like if you're a small city and you like, get to the point you're offering junk bonds, and your mm-hmm. city can't declare bankruptcy. Yeah, I mean things are bad. I mean, here, I guess it's a thing. You can either get revenue sources... In certain ways, now that you can't do like property tax raises, or you can do things like offer bonds, which are tough because if you want to pay for it with a general obligation bond, mm-hmm. it comes out of property taxes, and so that needs a two thirds majority mm-hmm. vote.
1: So it's doable, but very hard. Yeah, so it's, it's weird how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird. It's almost like it's by like you know like austerity is it like it, it works so well. You know, I mean, I it guess it works so like this is why I feel like we the left need to figure out what our version of austerity is. And I think I think it is universal programs, you know? Yeah. I mean I really do believe that's like that's our people like people love libraries. People <laughs> love, you know, things yeah.
0: that yeah, it's I, but yeah, I mean I think is it is it conspiratorial to say that, you know, it's a concerted effort to make sure that good taxes which would which would fall higher on people with more wealth are
1: made illegal. But if you want to do more sales taxes, there's easier measures. Go for it. it. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, I think that's definitely part of the plan. We should talk about income taxes for a second. If sure. That's cool. Um, I, yeah.
0: Talk about income taxes in general. And I'll talk mm-hmm. about like California income taxes and mm-hmm. how it, how it basically gets back to, to the city at all in different forms. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah for sure. I was just going to say that like income taxes is actually one of the things, um, that California is like known for, like basically nationally, as being you know the has the highest marginal um, uh, state income tax. They call it Massachusetts. Uh, oh, is it Taxachusetts? That yeah, has th- it? I, that's okay, a nickname. That has the highest it. one. Okay, I thought California. Did, no, actually, that's my nickname for California. <laughs> <laughs> uh And like it shows up, you know, like when I first got my first California paycheck, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Sh-? <laughs> Sorry, I keep cursing, but uh I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. you know. I mean I actually don't mind paying taxes, right? And so I but I was still like thinking to myself, like I would very much rather this be a city of wherever the wherever I'm living tax, than a like you know California state whatever you know. Or, I mean I'm assuming ob- obviously there's like a you know sharing uh, amongst the cities, right? Like, I mean between the state and the and the and the cities. But I'd much rather like instead of paying whatever the state rate is, you know I don't know eight percent or something like that. There be a city tax as well, and yeah. that city tax be. Uh, uh, deducted from other state states taxes, do that. You know, yeah. I mean, in New York and in in Michigan. Um, they have stayed in, in in uh, in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. which yeah. is one of the cities I I love to talk about because Columbus, Ohio's government is overfunded. It, it constantly runs a surplus. Yeah, consistently. I mean the 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 county um, the county the county that Columbus, Ohio is in, uh, Franklin County, Ohio, is like uh, trying to figure out a way not to pay off all of its debt. That's because funny. it's getting to the point where like they have so much surplus every year that they don't know like they should like they want to make sure that they keep their credit rating because they could end up in a situation in which they just like are just debt free
0: well I, I i i hope we never get to the point that we're <laughs> that i mean i hope that the bay area can get to the point that we're as strong an economy as columbus ohio yeah how like how do they end up in the fact that their budgets just run sir
1: well it's because they they basically had the greatest mayor uh of all time right i mean okay that's not true hazen pingree uh, a Detroit mayor from the turn of the century was the greatest mayor of all time. I, but I'm very partial <laughs> to Cleveland mayor Tom L. Johnson, who is, <laughs> it was like the personal friend of Henry
0: George. And was just you know just inc- you know he was a hell of a reformer uh, yeah? in sorts of ways. Oh yeah, Tom London mayor or uh, 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 Cleveland. Cleveland mayor. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, he, they have a big statue of him holding copy of Progress and Poverty downtown. <laughs> so it's, pre,
1: it's pretty funny. Okay. Is so, that like, it's like a, a place to go on on pilgrimage? Like a, it like is to like a big album. casino. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nice. But, uh, but yeah, so so greatest mayor of all time. You know, uh, mayor of all mayors. Right. Uh, praises be upon his his name, uh, Michael Coleman. Okay. Um, uh, it was f- like, he was first elected in like the 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 mid to the late '90s. I okay. Mean, he got elected in the late '90s, and then uh, the the pe- the good people of uh, of Columbus, Ohio, liked them so much they kept him in office for 16 years. And like it, in uh, in the, when the crash happened, you know, um, he uh, went to the business community. He went to the to the city residents, and he said, "Y'all." I get it. A lot of pe- a lot of cities around this country right now are cutting services. They're laying off workers, you know, they're talking about figuring out ways to like, you know, essentially like um tick the wheels off. But he said if we do that, the city won't survive. And so he went to them and said, "I need money." Yeah. And he raised taxes. Wow. He raised uh the city income tax. Yeah. Um they they, you know, they 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 had a they already had a city income tax, but he raised the city income tax. Uh, and then I uh, started a massive public works program. I mean, it wasn't that massive. They fixed a the sewer. Uh, and that was a big deal. And people keep talking about how great their sewer system is. Yeah. But they fixed a the sewer. They fixed some roads. They fixed some bridges. Um, and they decided we're gonna we're we're not gonna like destroy our city just because of this crisis essentially right. There's a really good New York Times article about this uh, if anybody's interested that he just swung. I mean, everyone was swinging towards austerity and decided he he go the other way. Yeah. I mean, they managed costs obviously right, but I mean I'm sure they laid off some people. But it wasn't just a massive kind of, um, you know, destruction that you saw happen in other cities. And so when the economy came back, you know, just a few years later, because like the uh, Columbus had some really good fundamentals uh, with the university and the healthcare and 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 with the insurance business, um, all of a sudden you had this like money structure already in place. Yeah. Right. You had these sources of funds that were now exploding, right? And so they were able to just do a lot of things that a lot of cities can't do, right? They're reinvesting in the bus system. They have such a good bus system. Like, when I went to, like, I was in Columbus a lot for a few years, and the bus system is just amazing. You know, most of the lines, the buses come, like, every 10 minutes, basically. A bus that that where the bus doesn't come up, come for every 10 minutes, is a bad bus line, and they're trying to figure out what can we do to improve it, you know? That's what that 's what like an overfunded commons is right well it seems like
0: a, <clears throat> a, like a like the classic story of you you put a structure in place and then it 's kind of inertia takes effect and then later it pays off if it 's good or really really hurts you if it 's bad yeah. and yeah you know, we, we see here in California. That you know, Prop thirteen was basically that way. That it was just you know something that really hurts us every year, and it's mm-hmm. impossible to get rid of. And I guess the thing that's shocking about that is you actually started a good structure in in a bad time. When usually you kind of sneak them in at a mm-hmm. really flush time. And then, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> he he
1: went counter. Like this is this is the greatest thing about Michael Coleman. And I understand that student, you're going to get maybe some emails from people from Columbus who said I ah, was the gentrifier in chief, and mm-hmm. he uh, he he was. Back down to nationwide and to the Columbus blue jackets and all that stuff this is hyperlocal hyper local stuff here yeah but like um uh, but you know Michael Coleman the man when when he announced that he was retiring people in the comment sections were like don't leave yeah they were crying at his announcement it yeah. was he is beloved right absolutely mm. I mean like if the guy try like, he, he could do he can do essentially no wrong in yeah. Columbus Ohio. And the truth is, that's part of the reason why he was able to do it, right? If it was some other mayor, you know, there are people like the, like this current mayor that they have now, where they feel like he's like, you know, there's some bumbling idiot essentially. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they they wouldn't have trusted him. But they so, trusted Mike.
0: So, so are these like pretty progressive taxes? Or I guess it can't be too progressive because it's you, an income tax. Because well, I guess how. Is how how did the, how much does it s- does it ramp up for the upper it brackets? Doesn't ram- it doesn't ramp up. That's it's a flat th- income tax. Because I feel like it would be really hard if it to ramp up because you can't actually mm-hmm. double pay that and then the feds. Right. And so
1: it's a, it's a flat income tax. There's definitely... Like, that That is a problem. It's a flat income tax. But of o- course... Over a
0: point or does it take all your income? I think income? It's, yeah. a okay. yeah. I, I <laughs> it's a point. I hope it doesn't it's take percentage. your first 20% I, I mean, it was a percent. I think
1: yeah. it, in, in the recession I think they increased it to 1.5% or something okay. like that. But the the... What it, I think I believe there it doesn't kick in until a certain income or something like I'd that. I hope so. So yeah. like it's like twenty thousand or thirty thousand. The pro obviously it's Ohio, so people yeah. incomes are lower. Um, so, but it doesn't kick in until a certain a certain certain income, obviously. But it is pro, it's not a progressive tax, but just as a structurally because it's an income tax as opposed to yeah a, a use or an excess t- excise tax. It is, like, progressive in nature because, obviously, richer people end up paying more. Um, and, you know, the thing, I mean, Columbus is a lot of suburbs. And, like, people like to live in some of those suburbs. The suburbs are really great. But there wasn't, like, some, you know, capital flight or some crap like that, right? Like, there all of a sudden people were like, oh, I'm going to set up my address in New Albany or in Bexley or something like that. It's like, yeah, whatever. No, well, I mean, I, I think you I – Oh, mean, yeah. it was a live and work tax. I forgot about that. It oh. was a live and work tax. Okay
0: so you couldn't just, if you if you you can't escape the city if you just you know live on the outskirts I case.
1: mean you could if your business and if you're a job and if you're either your job or your residence with were both outside the city and then you're fine
0: but if it had to be both and not just It have to be both yeah. yeah So I mean that's I mean you t- I guess people talk about you know Taxes are best when they're local, partly because it has good cycles of, you know, when things get good, it flows back into the community mm-hmm. and the community gets rich. And, richer. and also, it I think people tend to, not that everyone goes to city council and pays attention to the budget, but there is kind of more accountability when it's the guy up the street is running a budget rather mm-hmm. than if it goes to Sacramento and you have very little power to, to know what happens yeah, no, with it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I... So I I'm of a two minds about this because when it comes to housing, I really like federal money. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to when it comes to regular everything else, I, I I do actually like the idea that like the money is like local. But there's I feel a little split about this, right? Because there's you know we live in we live in Silicon Valley. Yes, this the actual cities of Silicon Valley are broke. Um, I mean, fiscally broke, right? Uh, not actually poor, but the the issue is. Of course, is that like, yeah, you know, San Jose could have like better streets and yeah, maybe it could, you know, have a few more people in its planning department, right? But, you know, I've lived in I've lived in some actually depressed places. Yeah. And the idea that the only way that this place could like fund itself is by taxing its residents is like really, you know, really difficult for me because I'm like, uh sure it's solidarity, right? Like I feel like it should be a kind of thing where, yeah, of course, it's terrible. That you know you know um it's a terrible place I've been to uh Juliet illinois <laughs> um uh doesn't you know have a local economy anymore, except for the jail, yeah, you know, but i think I do think that like the state of Illinois and the federal government should be trying to figure out ways to help you know support and fund um you know they should have s- a floor things. which maintains human dignity mm-hmm. and and gets opportunity. so i mean uh, here's a
0: question about San Jose, and I guess gentrification and everything is. Uh, you know, talking about tech companies, we're at Google having a camp in San Jose, people are saying this is going to bring gentrification to San Jose mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm of a, of a mind of being pessimistic of saying, it's like, I would love if instead of you know, you know if it was a choice between having a huge amount of affordable housing and a new tech hub we should have a huge amount of affordable housing but one is I don't think cities will uh, approve it because they Know that they need the money,
1: and mm-hmm. I don't know is is it. Is, and affordable is, housing is even more of a loser. <laughs> and I guess that's <laughs> affordable housing doesn't pay taxes. So
0: <laughs> I mean, before you make anything good happen, do you really just to say, okay, I need to sit you down with budgets for five hours and bore you to death so you understand? Because I feel that it's. People don't want to think wonkish, you know, reasoning controls it all. But I feel that it's...
1: I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, in San Jose, yeah, like you said, like the the wonkish reasoning is, you know, absolutely driving driving policy. I'm going to talk generally, yeah. right, uh, obviously, uh, about this. But, like, tech development versus um, sort of housing and gentrification yeah. and, and displacement. Um, you know, jobs are good. Right, like for, for all things for, equal, jobs are good. Yeah, all things equal, jobs are good. Um, and then you know, increasing property values, you know, all accounts probably good for whoever actually owns places and owns houses. Right. If there's no downsides, if it's good. You know, if if
0: if I mean, if someone owns a painting and mm-hmm. it goes up, if someone's a house goes up, I think if no one else finds it more difficult to get housing mm-hmm. or a painting, but I'd say more important housing,
1: yeah, it's it's good if people get money. Right in wealth, but obviously the issue is the second order effects it's always externalities right um and so you get a tech you tech you get a tech development, and yeah maybe you know these are these are robots who you know once they get to work, then they just go into their cryogenic sleep and then in the morning they wake up again, but yeah. most likely you know they yeah they'll they'll take their you know 150,000, hundred and fifty thousand two hundred thousand salary. And try maybe like get an apartment, maybe buy a house, maybe try not to like drive two hours a day. Right? They, they don't allow them to you know to sleep overnight at work yet. So. Not yet. Yeah. Well, they've tried. You know, they've got the sleeping pods, but yeah. <laughs> they, they've definitely tried to get them into codes, sli- uh, code indentured servitude. You know, <laughs> Co- company town, right? Codes. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so like yeah so then they go in to find houses right and to find apartments but like they've got more money than everybody else and so then they get uh, they get to outbid people right and so then the question is okay well that's a market problem right it's a market problem, and theoretically, you want to keep the people that you already have in your city who, you know, like, yeah, they do some 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 good, honorable things like firefighting and teaching and, like, you know, cleaning buildings and stuff, and I, I'm totally for that, but I'm also for, like, figuring out a way that you can also keep your slackers. Oh, yeah. And you can also keep your, like... You know, your your problematic, maybe kind of alcoholic uncles who stopped working after they got that insurance payout. It's like, a scary I- <laughs> idea that you would be tested
0: for being a local hero before you're able to stay in town. You know, because yeah.
1: it, we've gotten into a lot of like, you know, you have to be good to get housing where it's like, oh, well, housing for those kinds of you know poor working class people not those other ones you know not the lazy not yeah. the lazy unjobbed ones you know um so but so then you have to th- think okay well because the market won't do it because there's no market for housing you know working class and and poor people we got to pay for it who pays for it <laughs> right and uh you know that's 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 where the conflict is right who pays for it, yeah, and yeah. how right yeah, and then at that point that's where you get into you know the kind of real sort of deal making right um and so you know do you extract it from the companies? And if you do it, how do you can how can you do it legally, right? Yeah. Right. So, do you have a business tax? If you create a business tax in a place like San Jose, you know, are you creating a cost that you already already having trouble attracting businesses and companies because you know they want to be in Palo Alto and not San Jose? And a business
0: tax in the year of this of the budgets in this document. Mm-hmm. Forty-four million compared to two hundred and fifty million for property tax. Well, there was a deal. Yeah,
1: there was a deal cut because San Jose believes that it needs to have a kind of an arbitrage uh, situation between itself and Palo Alto. Yeah, I mean, you know, it calls itself the capital of Silicon Valley. Like I said, it's 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 literally embroidered on people's shirts at the city, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But like, what everyone, of course, knows is that Palo Alto is. Right. Yeah. Like it's you know like it doesn't take a genius to like look around and be like oh yeah I mean it it, it seems like it's maybe probably Palo Alto or at right? least was or was at some point yeah I mean I guess it's gotten, like the birthplace got, come down yeah. birthplace of of, uh, of Silicon Valley but you know to be fair it's a, it's the only real city in 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 Silicon Valley so I, I appreciate the city calling itself the capital um, but it sees itself as being in competition with. Cupertino and Mountain View and Sunnyvale and and Palo Alto and because of that it feels like it has to offer incentives um versus those other cities and so one of those incentives is that you know uh, companies when they move into a city uh, or expand in a city they have to pay an impact fee right and San Jose they don't
0: hmm.
1: um there business taxes are lower than basically anybody any other city in in Silicon Valley
0: so they're playing catch-up to try to to rebalance the jobs housing i guess imbalance even though it's actually an imbalance in the good way yeah and then
1: back back in the uh heady days of uh the redevelopment agency yeah um there (laughs) was a before uh before the dissolution yeah um it was you know it was i mean they were throwing money around at basically any and everything that they could think of to try to make the the city more attractive to uh, jobs and development and visitors and tourism, you know, got the tech museum, got fancy hotels and, and, uh, you know, but, it, oh, I mean, they spent a little bit of money on affordable housing, maybe not, you know, I mean, to be fair, yeah. but still, all of these things were part of this, like, program to try to get the, the city to rebalance, you know, its, its books. The problem, of course, now is you get, you're in a situation in which you have a lot of tech development that is actually coming into San Jose. But the city, strategically, has made it to where they can't pay for the externalities that these projects are going to have, and so now you have to either you know basically rely on the the charity of or the good heart of these um, companies, or you have to you know as as they um, as they say in labor, you have to win in the streets. So,
0: <laughs> just so. I- In general, what do you think about the general choice people to make between trying to reform the system in a major way to make sure that all these little wonkish things flow in the right direction towards justice, or do you say, we're not we're not repealing prop 13 we're not changing all these things we're that's way too hard we're not adding a land value tax for certain we just need to basically run the best that we can with these things i mean should you be realistic here or wh- wh- how do you feel about this like, i mean
1: it... you've heard my rants sure <laughs> you <laughs> you you've heard my my uh beachwood uh, uh uh rants about this um yeah i mean this is you know i mean if if anybody ever wants to write the Wonk's dilemma um you know this is it right which is that yeah, you can hope and pray for things that are, you know, they have a low chance of occurring, or you can try to get some solutions done right now. Even if you support these, like more transformative solutions, that is the heart of neoliberalism, yeah. as as I like, probably where I mentioned yeah, before. Yeah. But I think, you know, as someone who believes in sort of like transformative solutions. You know, mostly mostly leftist solutions for 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 these for these program problems. I do think that you have to like figure out ways to support the political organization, organizing, um and 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 foundation for having these kinds of like transformative changes. Prop thirteen, I think, is on death's door. I mean, I understand that a lot of people think that like this thing will never get repealed, but I really think that like I just have to wait until these boomers die, you know. Like, yeah. like I mean, and that's 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 within that's within a striking distance, right? I think we have to like think about it the same way like, you know, um, you know, uh, suffragettes and like um, abolitionists thought about this stuff, which is that, um, you know, we will make sure that. Kansas doesn't become um a, a slave state. We'll make sure that California doesn't become one. We'll um you know have uh women will be able to vote for mayor Mm. In Wyoming, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, and,
0: and it makes us less weird. It's it's oh yeah, it's like it's not so weird <laughs> to give them the vote in the country. It's done in Wyoming, yeah. yeah,
1: in Wyoming and stuff, right? And
0: it's fine. They they it's still a reasonable state, right? Yeah, but well, I we'll don't have.
1: think so. That, you know, there there's some canards obviously that like oh uh, it's a compromise, right. blah blah blah. It's not actually a compromise. What you're trying to do as much as possible is to create the conditions for a civil war or create the conditions for the 19th Amendment, right? Yeah. Um, and so if you're not actually doing that, if you're not creating the conditions in which your political solution can happen, then you're really screwing up. There's a second version of that, which is that these some of these solutions can include, unfortunately, is that, oh, well, we're not going to get, you know, abolition. So let's try to make the slaves' lives better. Yeah. Right? And this is a problem, right? Because in, there are some solutions that are very, very, very attractive. Yeah, but they actually send you further down the the hole. Yeah, public-private partnerships is like your classic example, where you're thinking to yourself, "This is revenue. Yeah. I'm getting money from you know pub- these public assets." But what you're actually doing is you're giving up control over, and a lot of times you're giving up you know increased revenue potential over public resources, and then you're also, again, this goes back to the thing I was talking about. You're alienating um, and you're dissociating pu- the public from these services that they provided for each other, right?
0: Well, it seems like you're you're no longer on the road roadmap. You're no longer on the road to where you want to be. You mm-hmm. are now going to some place where you can never get to your little, you know, dream utopia.
1: Exactly. And yeah. so, like, I I still think I absolutely think that Prop 13 is going to get repealed. I think I think there's there's I mean every you know there's gonna be a crisis, right? I mean I think you
0: 2008 you know the the, the great recession here San Jose got hurt bad mm-hmm. and they I mean they basically cut everywhere they could they had a ton of
1: austerity measures hundreds of people were laid hundreds of people were laid off yeah. a third of the police force yeah um, left I mean it was I mean from what I I didn't live here at the time yeah but I can tell that. Part of the reason why they talk about the budget that way yeah why they're so 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 careful and constantly talking about we want to make sure we're stable is because it looks like they went through hell yeah, and are just now trying to rebuild, right? And, and
0: they and they tap their piggy banks. They tap mm-hmm. their safety reserves in a way that they still haven't really made up for. The infrastructure is only becoming more and more of a liability. I, and, they, and people say, like, if there's another recession, mm-hmm. say, I mean, a place like San Jose is incredibly vulnerable and I think that's what I they're think is boosted, going
1: to They're they're boosting their reserves but quite honestly, you know, there are some there are uh, there there are, there are there are better things than balanced budgets.
0: Well, all and, I'm all I'm saying <laughs> though is I think next recession it'll be they'll they'll basically lose all Mm -hmm. the other options and i think prop 13 repeal will be one of the few things that kind of okay becomes becomes, like a
1: sort of a a tenable i mean i i i do believe that there's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be some kind of crisis that actually kills uh and it's always the that way it happens i mean i'm i'm i am not of the opinion that you get drastic change until the 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 policy or the movement meets uh meets the moment right yeah. generally you don't get the wagner act unless there's a great recession yeah right like you don't get social security unless there's the, there's the depression right you yeah. don't get the gi bill unless you get like a world war, a world war ii right you yeah. don't you know. what i mean is like i generally like to think that like world historical changes that happen because of like conflict and crisis and you know, there's there's a there's an old guy, he had a big beard, he had he he wrote a lot about this kind of thing. So um we should maybe have another show about that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's yeah. A, lot,
0: a lot of dudes in the nineteenth century with beards. You know? <laughs> yeah, know, it's a sure, good, good sure. day for beards. Sure. Uh
1: but yeah, no, I mean you know, I am gonna throw in another thing that I you know, I, I'm I probably shouldn't be talking about. But there was uh you know, the the Chuck Reed who Oh, crap, I said a name. No, whatever. Anyway, a former mayor of the city of San Jose. No, never mind. I can talk crap about it. a public about, figure. I can talk crap about Chuck Reed all I want. Uh, so anyway, Chuck Reed, I think, honestly, the kind of, like, uh, animus and and destruction that that man um, wrought upon this city, people are still, still trying to, like, mm. mend, yeah. right? Um, you know, he came in you know, after the previous mayor had been sort of scandal-plagued, you know. I mean, you know, he was a nice man, though. He was nice. He was personable. People loved that guy. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, so this this mayor comes in. He comes in as a reformer. And, like, what, what he's seen as is, like, this kind of, you know, technocrat. But he formerly in the military. So people were just like, oh, my gung-ho about Chuck Reed. And uh, he comes in and, you know, first order of business during the recession is – uh how do i cut these uh how do i cut these uh these union these union jobs and these union benefits and how can i like you know help uh help basically break the back of of the working people in the city um and like he he got you know it was a, it was a time of of uh of um of like just national uh animus and hatred and just like selfishness towards uh, public employees there was the sense, you know. Do you remember? Do you remember what they what they said about teachers around that time? I mean, now they love them, you know. Like now, teachers going out on strike, and people are just like out there supporting them. Yeah. But you know, during the crisis, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not, I haven't lived that long, but I remember this, is that people were just constantly putting up pictures of teacher salaries, as in, can you believe it? Can yeah. you believe that these people make this amount of money and they can't get fired and it was all of this sort of like just just hatred of public employees around the time and truck retapped well completely into that well yeah and he just made them essentially the you know the the enemies of the republic they are the reason why you can't get your road paved it's their luxurious salaries and pensions that are taking money out of your community
0: so i mean despite all this it is it is today a still a nice sunny day out Mm and a very very pleasant avenue here in downtown san jose this is particularly downtown? Or?
1: Um yeah, I mean it's part of the general downtown area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, should people just wait for a crisis to care or should, or is there like, what, what should people keep in their mind of how, what is the story of San Jose today?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a community of people who are fighting to protect their, their homes and their, and their communities, um, you know, from a lot of forces that they don't have a lot of control over. Um, And uh, because of that, I think it's really good to help support some of these like uh, movements. Right. Um, there's uh, you know, a lot of organized communities in in this in this city that are working towards building affordable housing, towards you know making sure that that uh, uh, the jobs that are created actually are uh, jobs that people can can um, you know afford an apartment on and. You know, be able to raise their kids here. Um, there are people who are uh, working and fighting to make sure that their, their schools don't close. Yeah. Uh, make sure that their their the streets in their neighborhoods are, are paved. That there's si- that there are sidewalks in their neighborhoods. You know, and like helping to support that, helping to organize that is really is really great and really um, would be really helpful. And then, for the more wonky people who are probably also listening to this, there's a lot of policy work happening. There's a lot of things moving. Um, at the city of san jose that you know i go to these city council meetings all the time and barely anyone shows up and you can have a lot of influence by just writing writing letters and 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 organizing your community towards you know putting the some of these policies that could help your community help the city on the agenda um so yeah.
0: Yeah, so we've been talking about San Jose with ASIN AD- NDI for uh, the last uh, hour. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, yeah, if you want to hear this uh, previous conversation we have with ASIN and uh, all the other episodes, our website is seethecat.org. This is a presentation of KCSU Stanford.